Hello and welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about Fishing Vacation, the 2020 fishing horror game developed and published by Lame Boy SP. Is that a sentence you ever thought you'd read? I don't think I ever thought I would say fishing horror game. <laughs> exactly. Loud. Yeah, that part. <laughs> that part um, specifically. But you know what? Uh, without revealing too much, I'm glad I played this. Uh, I'm it's glad a, that you played it too. <laughs> it's a genre hybrid I never thought would exist. But right. gosh, gosh darn it, if they didn't pull off a little something here. This game has made me really want more odd hybrids. Yes. Like, I want, like, farming sim hot horror, you know? Like, oh, I mean, yeah. such things probably exist but maybe are just less recognized. I mean, this thing was is not, like, very well known. Give me Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, but make it a horror bloodbath. <laughs> Have you seen, uh, was it, like, Newgrounds? Maybe it wasn't Newgrounds. I mean, it's not that old. But, like, those, like, Sonic horror. Um, yes. Like, like those creepypastas. That's the creepypasta. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Um, stuff like that uh, is awesome. I mean, I like I love when horror kind of finds its way into well-known IP, but there was some kind of fun comfort and uh, creepiness in something you're completely unfamiliar with like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, should we jump into our history? Because I really don't have any. Uh, so my my I just want to explain how we discovered this game. And yeah. it was really just in really I'm kind of glad that I just randomly follow various like video game publications and then just get targeted advertising. This is one of those instances where I am a fan of targeted advertising. Cause I got an article recommendation in like my Google news feed, like this $2 fishing game is the best horror game of the last couple of years. And I was like, well, obviously a, okay. clicking That's on a that. Bold claim. It's a bold claim. It's a very bold claim. I mean, I think it was just, it, you know, it's, it was an opinion piece. Gotcha. It was, I guess, you know, calling something the best is inherently an opinion piece, but yeah. you know what I mean? And I clicked on it and I, you know, so it's like, you know, it's a horror game going in, but like, how else are you going to, like, no one's going to pull the trigger. Like, you know what I need? I'm going to browse the eShop for a fishing game and then come across this. Although that would be amazing. I would that love would the amazing. reaction of people who just are like diehard fishing farm sim people and like, you know, addicts uh, uh, they, they, that really get their uh, their D squirts from fishing minigames and video and games just in general. Exhausted everything the Switch library has to offer. And they see this for $1.99 and they're like, well, don't mind if I do. Exactly. Exactly. And so, like, I, I read the article and I didn't like see like specific spoilers but like all i heard was like fishing horror 8-bit graphics and i was like i'm gonna buy this game <laughs> right now uh and then i played it i forgot if i i think i i sent you the link before i actually played it um and kind of was just like we should do this for the show at some point even before i had even played it and i'm, gl I'm glad that uh we played it and i'm glad we're doing it same um, yeah, my history with the game is just you kind of telling me about it. <laughs> I didn't really look into it too much. Um, and then I played it and I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm interested to hear what you think the game's shortcomings are. Cause I, I have a couple and they're like, they're super, some of them are like super nitpicky. Um, I'll just say one, one of them right now is that I kind of wish this was a longer game, a little bit longer. 
I was thinking that as well, but again, for two ninety nine or one ninety nine, um, and then we'll we'll talk about how it was created. Um, it was kind of just like whipped up, uh, yeah, pretty quickly. So yeah, I would love like a director's cut where they add more content. But for what it is, for a dollar ninety nine, I I I love it. I think oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. Like this is like well worth that amount of money, and like this is probably the shortest development history we've ever had. This was this game was created in twenty twenty as part of a fishing horror game jam, which is I want to see more things that came out of this. Yeah, you know, you know I mean, I don't know if this won it. I, I have no idea, but or if there was a winner, but. Come on, give me more of that. Yeah, this <laughs> you is, know, this is at least the second game uh, that we've done that comes from a jam because Monster Train came out of a game jam. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, we could do, you know, for you know, future casting down the road, it'd be fun to do maybe like a whole month or a series on game jam games. And yeah, kind of see the best of the best. You know, it's funny when we. Like I was thinking of this as a horror game again. I was kind of getting like self-conscious uh, since we do so many horror things. And then ever since Mark has pointed out during the Run Ronnie Runner episode that we hadn't done a comedy up to that point. Uh, not that like comedy games are like, I mean, I feel like we've done games with jokes. I I, I don't know. But either way, who cares? <laughs> well, this I mean, this game is oddly like darkly comedic. It, it has, is funny. We'll get to it. But it has, you know, humorous moments and this weird like kind of charming facade to it before you get to the horror underneath yeah right so after this was i don't know how it eventually found its way onto steam but i think it found its way on steam a couple years later or published a steam in 2022 it might have been just like a browser game that you could play before then i'm not sure if 2022 was the official release or not um and then it was released on switch in 2023 which is how I think the article that I was reading, how that author found out about it, and then how I was, you know, how I found out about it. And we both played it on Switch. Yep. Um, I played on the TV. Did you play handheld? I played handheld. Um, I played it in the daylight on a TV, but I kind of wish I had played it like in bed with all the lights off handheld. I, You know, it, that's interesting because in a way it does kind of work playing it during the day since so much of the game takes place during the day. And because it has this kind of like manipulative, manipulative tone, which I guess let's just talk about the tone right now. I mean, they're one of the, one of the, like the successes of this game is that it kind of, it uses the kind of like happy go lucky, like, I don't know, fun loving tone that you would get from like a general, like farming sim game or like a, uh, just like a, vacation you know i don't know you could you could see this playing out as a movie pretty well um and we'll talk about that because that'll, that'll be a fun segment but oh, it like you know it plays with that tone like it's it's there's the i love i love i love i love when it's like everything is great but there's this sinister undertone uh as long as it's not laid on way too thick but even when it is and it kind of is <laughs> in this game like even like the opening uh like dialogue which we'll talk about is very like sinister sounding, but when that's, when that's like put against like by contrast, like a really like fun, like fun music and fun, like fonts and everything, like I'm just hooked immediately. Hooked pun intended. <laughs> um, pun was not intended. <laughs> and um, you know, you get a sense that something, you know, if you're one of those fish heads that bought this, not knowing what it was for the awesome fishing. <laughs> 
Um, the actual uh, like icon that appears on your switch screen is of like a, a fish with its belly slit open and blood kind of dripping out of it. So just that would be like, hmm, something's going on here. Yeah. And so it's interesting, though, that that's the icon like there, depending on where you buy this, there are like different descriptions of what this game is. And so like, look, before we get into that, just kind of at a high level, as I mentioned, this is an 8-bit game. Immediately, I love that. Yeah. Let's, let, should we just talk about like, you know, um, like low poly and uh, like 8-bit, 16-bit horror and how yeah, awesome absolutely. it is? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Actually, I'm like kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking at the moment, but I'll, you want to start <laughs> like vamp a little yeah. bit and then I'll, I can chime in. Um, I think we talk on this podcast a lot about how limitations can actually breed greatness because you have a much more constrained palette to work with. So, for example, in a game like this, how do you convey horror with, you know, 8-bit graphics, 8-bit music, things like that? Um, and part of it is like doing really simple changes. Like, for example, uh, as you play the game, the music changes just so slightly and it like decays a little bit and becomes a little more sinister sounding. Um, and it's something very simple and very subtle, but it works to change the mood. Um, also, 8-bit games that or 16-bit that rely on horror, it relies on text um, yeah. in a way that high-res, high-def games do not. And so your writing has to be more on point. Um, and in a game like this, it has to be just creepy enough to creep you out, but also not so creepy and not so spoilery that it kind of gives away what's going on. True. Um, so, you know, the visuals can only work up to a certain point. The text uh, of the game has to kind of pick up a lot of the slack. And I think there's a good comparison to be drawn to older horror films and just like older films in general. There is a kind of creepiness that lies in older like film, like like old film stock or like just stuff that was made long ago. Like I'm not saying like Gone with the Wind is creepy, but uh, <laughs> but like you know like there like when I love I love 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 when both modern horror films and even like past horror films look like they were filmed on like a handheld like VHS camcorder. And I think part of that and what maybe what you're getting at um, is that uh, th those types of movies, like older horror films, especially and this game, uh, they don't show you too much. Exactly. I was just about to say right? that they, because, yeah, Go one, ahead. they're not able like they don't have the fidelity to make it look great. But again, that's a limitation breeding greatness because all they give you is these little snippets of yep. something horrifying and scary looking. And sometimes uh, and you have to use your imagination. Yeah. And that to me is kind of the most effective horror. Yes. Like there are, there are inherent things that you will not be shown based on like the, whatever, like the medium is and like the style that it's being made in. But then also there are narrative choices that come into play too, of like things to show you and things to tell you and things not to. And so the, I think this game succeeds on both like making the most out of like the self-imposed graphical limitation, which is awesome. And, and, and also like the soundboard of like the game boy and yes. also just narratively is successful in not telling you too much. Um, speaking of kind of the, the visual, should we talk about the HUD? Cause the HUD on this yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Talk about the HUD. 
So yeah, so we got 8-bit graphics. Um, what's cool is that this game is like playing a Game Boy game on an old Game Boy game player, uh, yes. like for the Super Nintendo. So you Game Boy the, Color, I think, right? Because Game Boy Color, you could also change the, the color scheme. Yes, mm-hmm. Game Boy Color. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you have this big kind of uh, border, uh, and then you have a screen in the middle that's kind of like the Game Boy screen. And you can change these. You can change the border to be kind of a regular Game Boy screen, or you can change it to be like a lake scene. And then in the actual kind of little Game Boy screen, you can filter through different color schemes, uh, which I think is a really cool idea. You can uh, have it just be the basic Game Boy color scheme, or you can slide through a bunch of different filters. Uh, None of the filters make the game, some of them make the game a little more difficult to read than others, I found. Um, But none of them are completely unworkable. And some of them actually kind of uh, add to some interesting atmosphere. As much as I like this kind of feature included, I always find myself playing with the default graphics. So do I. The only one that I'll flip between is if they have like black and white OG Game Boy and then Game Boy Color. Yeah, like um, Return of the Oberdin also had this kind of feature, and I think I played with the default colors. I, I also played with the defaults on that one. But big fan of it. I guess if I feel like sort of a hypocrite and that I'm like, I love how this is a thing, but I still don't make make the most use of it. But yeah. Um, And then should we just very briefly talk about the control scheme? Because there's very little to do. So, uh, again, this is mimicking an old Game Boy Game Boy game. Um, So you only have two buttons, A and B and the D-pad. And you're basically you're in two modes. You're in exploration mode and fishing mode. In exploration mode, you can press A to view items. And um, in true horror game fashion, almost every object you come across, especially in the cabin, Um, you can examine it and it'll give you a little one or two box kind of description of what's going on. And then when you get to the actual fishing mechanics, uh, it's pretty simple. You uh, have a target, you aim it over a black dot in the lake where a fish might be. You press A to cast and then press A again to um, trigger like a bar and you hit a certain target and your, you know, fishing line will go out. To reel in, you spin on the D-pad and occasionally press ABAB um, to counteract the fish pulling away. Um, and then there's a little worm mini game that I almost forgot. To dig up worms, you yeah. go to this little patch and you press A to dig and then a little worm will pop out. You press A again to pull out the worms. Yeah. Um, so all very, very simple uh, you know, layout to the controls, very simple mini games, um, but they're all effective. You know, They're simple, but they work. Yeah. One of the things that this game does well, and I I was going to bring this up later, but maybe now is a good time. And I also don't want to forget is that. So this is kind of like the horror equivalent to like a slow burn. Or like a horror movie equivalent, a horror game equivalent to a slow burn horror movie. And I was really trying to think about like, what are the additional challenges or what, what, what are like the ways to succeed in doing that in a video game versus a horror movie? And I think one of the key things is repetition because mm. this not it's not just this game goes a little bit without actually showing its hand fully. It's that it lulls you into a repetition. You're doing, you know, there. I mean, it's not that many times. And arguably, I think the horror could be increased if somehow you didn't know it was that kind of game going in. And maybe there were a couple extra days of doing things where everything is normal like like the the worm digging mini game plus the fishing plus wait you know waking up chipper friend talking about fishing 
get worms, go fishing, go to bed. And if you add stuff like make dinner, like all like, you know, if you had these dinner making mini games or something like that, if you just and then you just do that again and again and again. And then finally, you're just like, and if you know, it's a horror game, which we did, you're kind of like on guard the entire time, which is really fun to yes. a good mindset to be in. So you're looking around because there's only so much the game can show you. And so you're kind of like waiting for something to happen for the other shoe to drop, you might say. And that is a pun intended. Um, that'll make more sense in a moment. But and you're just kind of you're, you're on guard. You're looking out. And then when it finally happens, it's kind of like, oh, shit. And if you're if that repetition is happening, it's not like I'm saying I was going to say like it's lulling you to a sense of uh, security, but you're not really because we are on guard. But it is like it's kind of like making it more effective when things do go to shit. And two, it it kind of drives you to see what's going to happen next, because I don't know about you, but anytime I play a game or watch a movie where it's day one day two yeah it's almost always horror right like yes. there's very few genres yep. where they do by day or you know like that and so you could have you know like day day four is is day four the day that shit goes down like if it's not i want to get to day five like is it day five uh that's kind of the way i was playing this game as soon as i saw day one i'm like oh how many days when is shit gonna get crazy like yep. what's gonna happen by day three um you know this game without spoiling too much it doesn't go very many days but uh i think that structure builds up the suspense quite quite well right and sometimes when there are games involving like descents into madness and i wouldn't say this is entirely that there's kind of like a, an element of that in here is sometimes the you see the repetition of the day by day and then suddenly things just start to slowly slowly and slowly decay and so like and, and the shining is a great example of both of the of all the things we were just talking about Right. Like there's the repetition of writing every day, like Danny exploring the overlook. And then, you know, eventually, yeah, Jack goes insane. But well, and as as that exploration is happening, like subtle, weird, yes. bad things are happening in the hotel, much like in this game, very subtle things start to change and you kind of know that something's up. Right. And it makes use of the repetitive game interactive tasks that you're doing instead of just like introducing a brand new mechanic. It's it creates horror within the seemingly harmless tasks that you're doing every day. Yeah, Which, like we'll, such, we'll, such a success. We'll get to what it is specifically, but uh, there's something with the worm digging mini game where it kind of turns. Yes. And um, you're like, oh, shit, this little like cutesy mini game that's actually like decently fun for what it is kind of becomes part of the plot and becomes exactly. part of the horror. Yeah. And we will, because this is such a short game, we are going to talk about what some of these interactions are. Like you mentioned, you can just hit like A to interact with things. Like there's not that many things to interact with. And I think that it all lends itself to the horror. So we're going to mention a lot of them. Normally we wouldn't. Like, can you imagine us mentioning every one in like an RP a JRPG? It would be like a 10 hour episode. Or our, us covering like Bioshock and doing all oh of my the God. recordings you pick up. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> um. And so we'll, we'll we'll go through that and we'll try to like add as much of the atmosphere. This this almost like this episode seems like kind of the equivalent of telling a campfire story. Yeah. Other and uh, we're like, yeah, because again, this game like this game took me about an hour to get through and kind of see everything. So uh, unlike a lot of our other episodes, we're kind of going to go through basically the whole game um and kind of give you a pretty like uh extensive overview of it whereas normally we kind of were a little more high level 
this game, because of its nature and because of how short it is, we're kind of going to cover most of it. Yeah. So I would say if you have interest in playing this game, maybe like pause now, go buy it from 189 and play it and yeah. come back. And I don't think we've really spoiled much that you wouldn't already probably know going in again, unless you're one of these crazy fishing game nuts, which <laughs> I'd love to meet that person and yes. have them on the show. I don't know uh, a single person who's like, I buy games for the fishing mini games. If you're if you're a big fish head and uh, and not the band, but if you're <laughs> a big fish head and you bought this game by accident, email us and we'll have you on. <laughs> I am a fish head, but not uh, but of the band. I see. So, um, before we get into like the details of the game, I wanted to mention the description on Nintendo's website because the, str- the I think as I hinted at the Steam description is like just lays out that this is a horror game. Which but I don't I, like. I don't like that either. I love the Nintendo description. And here, here it is. Actually, you read it. I want you to sure. read it. Yeah. It's the vacation you've been waiting for. It's time to fish like you've always wished and head down to the lake. But don't forget your worms. You're going to need them for reeling in some ridiculous catches. Big mouth bass, salmon, pufferfish. This lake has everything. And now all it needs is you. In fishing vacation, you and your friend are fishing away the weekend at their uncle's old cabin which seems to have been abandoned for some time. But it's so darn close to the lake, you could cast your line right out the window and still hook a fish, I tell you what. So make like a fisherman and get your bass on down to the lake. You'll never know what you catch on your fishing vacation. Chef's kiss. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty great. Incredible, incredible. And also I was just thinking, how amazing would this have been in a Nintendo Direct? Oh, and like and the God. narrator, the, you know, that that annoyingly overly optimistic narrator of the directs was just is, And they just show clips this. from day one and yes. like just the fishing mechanics. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Uh yeah, now I, I wish that had happened. I, I wish so badly that that had happened. This is, uh, yeah, this yeah. is perfect uh, in terms of a description because I don't want any, I don't want any spoilers. And then the same thing, you could, let's say you're a big fish head, you read this description and then you go to buy the game. And again, like based on this description, the actual icon with the fish with its belly slit open, yeah. there's this creepy juxtaposition then. Yes. Uh, and also, if you like really parse that entire description, the only hint remote hint that something is wrong with the game is the description that the cabin seems to have been abandoned for some time. That's it. So, yeah. And maybe I guess you never know what you'll catch, what you catch on your fishing vacation, but that's, that's still not really ominous at all. No, not necessarily. All right. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's jump into it. Also, um, you know, this may not be our longest episode ever, because again, it's kind of a short game. It's a pretty short game. So the game opens up with this narration that you were invited by a friend on a fishing trip at his uncle's cabin. It is noted that it is about 10 years since you were last there, and you kind of like briefly reminisce about some fun fishing times there, all in text. And this kind of like somewhat creepy music starts creeping in a little bit. And the text says, I immediately wrote back accepting my friend's invitation, not knowing it would be my biggest mistake. I never should have gone on that damned. And then the title screen pops up, fishing vacation with an exclamation point. Very like cutesy font, exactly like you'd see uh, like early 90s Game Boy game. Yes. Great Um, juxtaposition. Like this really like happy upbeat music is playing. Do yeah. you do you this, like or not like that it immediately is like that was the biggest mistake of my life? Like, no, I thought like, this, this is going to be bad. 
I thought this was chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I love this. I love never gone to that damned. And then it pops up with the actual title. Um, yeah. Great. Absolutely great. And so like the camera like pans down and there's a car driving on the road, you and your friend, you're kind of like sharing some small talk and the dialogue is really important in this game. And we mentioned the writing is good. The friend mentions that the letter the uncle sent him was the only contact he's had with his uncle in years. And it is mentioned last I saw he was going through the divorce and also it is it is also mentioned mentioned that he that your friend has a cousin as well. These are important details that you might overlook depending on even if your guard is up, you might overlook them. And I think that's neat. I, I, I you know, it's it's just kind of toying with us a little bit. Yeah. But if you're a discerning horror fan and you kind of know what maybe might start happening or, you know, that horror is kind of on the horizon. Um, this is one of those games where like literally every word you read is important. Yes. Um, because of how kind of tight and small the game is, uh, you really can't kind of overlook anything. Yeah. So the car approaches the cabin, they exit, they make a comment about how run down the cabin is. And and with the Game Boy like 8-bit graphics, like you could kind of tell, but you also kind of it like really makes you use your imagination a little bit. Like it don't you think a cabin that looks like a little bit nicer, but still is like an old cabin would look the same as this with 8-bit graphics? Probably, yeah. I mean, it looks a little run down. That's not to say it doesn't look run down, run down. But so this is like the first time your friend has a line like this. And I mentioned earlier that he's like this overly chipper friend. And I think that also just like is a great juxtaposition. He's like, last one in is a rotten flounder. (laughs) A lot of like most of the dialogue of uh, like the comedy of this game comes from your friend's dialogue. And how just it it completely fits like a genuine cutesy fishing game, but it does not match what else is going on. Right. And to that point, the character, like the little characters are these really tiny characters that have these big smiles on their faces the entire time. Which would be creepy in any game, but in this game, it just even adds a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So they enter the cabin, they, you know, make more further comments about how like abandoned it looks. And your friend is like, you know, there's plenty of time left in the day for fishing that they should head outside. So your task is to grab some fishing poles, but naturally you're going to want to explore the space. And so you can interact with a record player and play some music. I don't remember exactly what the song is. Like it's, um, it's, it starts as like a very upbeat, um, like beat boppy eight bit kind of tune. Yeah. And, and there are a couple things that we'll go into detail about of like, when things start going to shit, like other things start to change, like the sound design uh, and yes. some like graphical things change a little bit. Very effective. Put a pin in the record player for a moment because that's something that comes back later. It's just important to note that now the music is very upbeat. You can probably imagine where, where that's going to go. Yeah. There's a bookshelf. There's this creaky floor uh, and like this dirty rug. And so about the creaky floor, there are a couple times where you hear noises as you're walking. I initially thought it's like, oh, something's in the basement. Something's locked in the basement because there's a cellar. There's a cellar door that's locked with three padlocks. Hmm. That's not creepy at all. Yeah. Um, speaking of like horror and cabins with um, <laughs> locked cellar doors, um, we all know that those aren't good. Did you interpret like, those noises as creaks or did you think that was something in the basement? I thought it was something in the basement. I did at first, and then I actually started convincing myself that it was just like the game's way of conveying creaky floors. 
But I mean, even that in and of itself, like that doubt, like, is it something in the basement? Is it just the floor? Like that is good horror attention. Yeah. And there's certainly not a criticism, that kind of ambiguity. Um, You check the fridge. It's packed with tons of fish heads. That's not creepy. The table is set for three, which makes sense if you're paying attention. Like there was a divorce, like the uncle, his wife and um, your friend's cousin. But it is a little odd that actually it is odd that it's set for three. Yeah, (laughs) there's. There's something to me very creepy about showing up somewhere and a table being set for the wrong number um, because it implies that something is going to happen or we're going to find someone or you're going to lose someone. um, And that that creeps me out. So the table setting for three, I have my own interpretation of that. And at the end, we can kind of discuss what we think that means. Yeah, and and I I think I'm a little bit misleading right now in the way I just described how that's not weird um, because he does say you haven't had his contact with his uncle in years, and they were there's a divorce and a cousin, so why would it be set for three? Right, but very, remember the uncle um, wrote the letter to the cousin, or I'm sorry, the nephew to get him to come. So you know, did the uncle set the table for him and the two guys? Like, yeah. is the table set for three other people? We'll we'll get to it. Yeah. Kind of along those same lines, there is this note pinned to the wall that says, we're leaving, don't come looking for us. Interesting. Possibly the most interesting is, which is, this is really funny. My guard is up. I know this is a horror movie or horror game. For some reason, I didn't let this like sink in as much as it definitely should have. There is a book you can read with this first excerpt from Inuit Mythos that tells the story of Sedna, the sea goddess, which is a real story. Yes. A, a real, real mythology. Um, nothing really creepy in the initial pages. And did you like, were you like, okay, this is like going to get Lovecrafty? I, as soon as I saw sea goddess, I'm like, oh, okay, like this is coming back. Yeah. Um, but my first playthrough of the game, I did not find all of them like i didn't realize you could go back to the book and there would be new pages mm-hmm. um so i had to like loop all the way back around with a guide to know that and yada 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 but gotcha. um yeah yeah i i knew right away something was up gotcha okay so once you kind of checked all this stuff out is, did i miss anything is there anything else like that you could really interact with that's worth t- i mean the, the the sink is like dirty uh or no it's, it's actually the sink is surprisingly clean it says something like that. yes um yeah no that's about it i mean nothing else that will uh be a clue for what happens later yeah okay so you head outside your friend will give you three worms and there's um, this kind of like again limited by you know the sound board of like the the original game boy there's this kind of like ambient foresty noise that you hear Uh as you head to the lake and then are there uh, crows in the trees yet? Or do the crows show up I, There might be one. Yeah, I think uh, there's one. There might be just one. And if not now, then maybe when you're heading back or maybe like the, they don't appear till the next day. But it's important to note that, yes, there are crows that are sometimes outside. And so once you exit, you can go two directions. There's left, which you don't need to go to now. The game won't let you. And then right, which is just kind of like a, you know, a right angle path up to the lake. So... When you get to the lake, and like you described the fishing mechanics, so I won't go into those again. But there is this kind of like visually, there's this first person view. You don't see your hand or the pole. You just kind of like can see the lake, and you can pan left and right to see more of the lake because you know the screen is small. It's the Game Boy size type like field of view. Um, 
you're standing on the dock over a small lake. You can see the other side. It's not that big. You know, like on the left side, there's lily pads. There's kind of trees on the coast. On the right side, there's a little bit of rocks and like a maybe a little sandy beach. And there's this very minimal, like ambient, outdoorsy noise. Um, and you, there's all your field of view is a little limited. And when you fish, they will appear as these kind of like ovular shadows in the water. And you can aim at like, you can kind of like see how far you need to cast in order to hit that. And you do the, the hitting a twice thing to kind of, you have the little gauge as you mentioned. Um, and then you can, and then like when you cast a box will appear on the side, this little like um, pop-up window will appear on the side with like a casting animation. And then another box will appear at the top showing your bobber land in the water. And then another that's like on the left that is like zoomed up on the bobber. And then one, so you can kind of look up and see when it dips under the water. So, you know, when to reel in and um, yeah. Also just going to throw this out there. Not the most challenging fishing mini game I've ever played. No, uh, it's, it's never, not. never missed a fish. Um, pretty, pretty brainless to, to actually do the fishing part. That said minor, minor complaint. I thought the reeling mechanics that you had described earlier about kind of like moving the D pad in a circular motion and then hitting a and B were a little annoying to do repetitively. Yeah. But even if you kind of screw them up, like the game doesn't really punish you that much. True. I think I just got like a little annoyed, especially when you have a lot more bait and other days need to fish a little bit longer. Yeah. I will say kind of the fishing was the most annoying part of the game to me. (laughs) It, It was, it was, but I minor complaint. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when you pull something in, there's like a little noise happens, like there's a little splash by the dock, and a voice will just say like "you caught a," and then a noise will play. The fish will be shown along with like the length or like the size of the fish. Um, but oh, sometimes you don't catch a fish. The first thing you very, I think it's the very first thing you catch. Some of these things are like scripted. I think some of them aren't. Um, is a shoe. You know, it's a shoe. Right. Like we've all played fishing mini games in games that you often catch trash and you you do in this game as well. Uh, And then once you run out of bait, you head back to the cabin. You talk to the friend again. He's he always has something upbeat to say. You can head to bed or stay up and explore. There isn't much to explore, especially if you did it before. Like it's really just interacting with all the things we just described. Yeah. The one thing I'll mention about the fishing aspect of this game and again, adding to kind of the horror of it. Um, so like many fishing games, like you mentioned, you can catch trash. You can also catch all kinds of crazy fish, like angler fish, great white sharks, trout, um, <laughs> you know, the, all the silly kind of very diverse uh, ecosystem. E- ecosystem for sure. Like, wait, you can catch a great white shark? Yeah, I caught a great white. <laughs> I don't remember if I did or not, but I'm not uh, but, surprised. You can catch like an entire octopus, like a yes. giant octopus. But and they give you the, you know, the length. So, you know, great white shark, 10 feet or whatever. Um, But what's (laughs) what's interesting and what might clue you in as to like, wait a minute, this isn't a real fishing game. There's no like you can't press start and review what fish you caught. There's no like, yeah, uh, catalog to tell you which fish you're missing. So essentially, like in a gameplay way, the game is telling you like, oh, fishing's not the important part here. Right. Um, That's a great point. I didn't think about that. It's like. In any normal fishing game, you'd have like a, an ability to see what you're catching and maybe there'd be like achievements or something you can get like, you know, to catch every type of fish. But the game yeah, cl- but isn't concerned with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then after you go to bed, it's officially day one. Um, the sun rises in the morning, get up, 
talk to your friend, head outside, and this time you go to the left, and there's this bait mini game that Aaron described earlier, where you have like 30 seconds to dig for worms. This like very like silly music plays. I don't recall if this music ever changes or not. It does not. Yeah, it just kind of remains weird. It's not like creepy weird. It's just weird. Well, and the music staying the same and staying kind of upbeat and slightly weird um, kind of, again, juxtaposes with what you find here later. Yes. Um, it's kind of this horror moment where you find something scary and this music is very like upbeat. And yeah. Kind of carnivalesque a little bit. So you basically just have like this dirt or sand or whatever, and you have this like shovel icon. You would just have to hit a at certain areas to like and just hope that you like uncover some worms. And so yes. you try to get as many worms as you can. I've never, I never tried purposely getting like not many worms. I started by the end getting not many worms because I got like 12. On yeah, the first that's day. made fishing and take then, forever. Yeah, you can't just stop fishing. You fish as long as you have worms. Yeah, uh, uh, I also did that. One of my, probably my only major nitpick with this game. Like, Same. Just let me fucking stop fishing if I don't want to. I agree. And <laughs> yeah, because it gets repetitive. But I guess that that's really the point, right? Yeah. Um, so once you have these worms, you head to the lake. Uh, this time, I think I think this is the first time you see crows, and there's like a yeah. crow or two in the t- in the trees, and they'll kind of like like fly away as you walk walk past. You don't really think anything of it, really. No. Uh, and then you go up to the lake and you fish until you run out of bait. Uh, this time you'll catch various types of fish, especially if you have a shitload of worms like we did. Yeah. Uh, and trash like starfish, clams angler fish catfish like all this kind of stuff again very diverse ecosystem in this extremely small <laughs> pond yes and you head home and your friend will congratulate you on a very productive day oh my god i'm sorry to interrupt uh what? there's there's probably a lore reason why you can catch all these things in this pond um okay so yes let's we got to make let's sure we come back to that. On, i also yeah. have a note on that okay um but we shouldn't say it now. No. Not that we're, we've already basically spoiled a bunch of stuff. And anyone with like anyone who's watched anything horror before can kind of like see where this is going. I don't know if it's a complaint, um, but you really can kind of see where this is going if you're yeah. moderately observant. But it's still a blast. Yes. Um, And like your his friend mentions, you know, too bad my uncle isn't here to see all these catches. Uh. Little uh, little on the nose, I suppose. Again, if your guard is up, you might, you know, be like, well, maybe he is. Maybe he is here. Yeah. And that's day one. You just go to bed. Uh, yep. It's 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 not quick, especially if you have shitload of worms. Um, but it's a very basic day. And I, if you're me, and I'm assuming you were doing this too, I was definitely waiting for something creepy to happen on this day. And nothing does, which is the correct way to do it. I yeah I kept um because essentially when you're done exploring you can go to your room and it'll say do you want to go to bed or do you want to you know not go to bed yet and I chose not go to bed like maybe three times because I kept looking around talking to my friends searching for things kind of for something creepy to pop up and nothing does yet yes yeah um so we go uh on to day two your friend is staring out the window so you go talk with him and he tells you that he had a strange dream what I like about this is that uh, it kind of goes into first person from his perspective. Yeah. It fades to black as he's kind of narrating what happened. He says he woke up with essentially sleep paralysis. He woke up and he was unable to move, which if you've ever had sleep paralysis is really terrifying in and of itself. Uh, but so he woke up, he couldn't move. And as his eyes adjusted to the dark, he began looking out his window. 
Um, he stared and stared, as he said, but then he was about to fall back asleep when he sees a human-like hand and head, but they appear very briefly in the corner of the window. So outside. briefly, you cannot make it out at all. Yeah, it's very quick. Um, and the friend says, boo, did I scare you? And so as the player, you're like, did this dream happen? Was he trying to scare me? Um, kind of what's going on here? Yeah. Um, and there's creepy whisper noises playing as he describes the dream. And, and this, whisper- this is like the first time that that like a couple times that kind of like really like like noise is like appearing in this game. And it's very effective. And it won't be the last. And it won't be the last. And very, very interesting because I feel like there's a wealth of Game Boy games. I don't know if I've ever played a Game Boy game that had that kind of like equivalent sound. I don't think so. And I think two things about this situation kind of like hint at the fact that this isn't a native Game Boy game is I don't think a native Game Boy game could have had uh, the hand and face like move that quickly away. Um, And I don't think the original Game Boy could handle the sound design of like a whisper like this. True. I guess we should have said up front like this. There's definitely this game is a modern game. It's leveraging like the graphical style of of older games. But like, I'm sure it it has been afforded the benefit of modern game design to set. I mean, to its credit, like to to its its credit, to its benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then we get this line of dialogue, which tries to rhyme, but makes no sense. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> all right, enough spooking. Let's go to hooking. <laughs> like, I guess if you're saying, all right, enough spooking. Let's go to hooking. Let's something. get to hooking. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it, it does not rhyme. It doesn't, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, so you go outside. Uh, you can't fish unless you have worms. So you play the worm mini game again. And if you're like me, you got like 15 again. Yeah, I got yeah, like 12, um, much to my own mistake. Uh, you head to the lake. There are more crows this time. Just a um, few. A, just a few. And again, is this where the music starts to change as well? Or is that the next day? I, I actually had a note to ask you about that, too. I couldn't remember if this is when the music slight. Like, well, it's still kind of like ambient noise a little bit, but like it changes at some point. It's not like super on the nose, but it's. Are, are it's you talking different. about the, the music inside or the well, music if, here? If you turn on the record player, it turns the background music on. It's like a toggle for the background music on and off. Oh, like it, it plays outside too? Yes. Yeah. Oh, does it? I, yeah, I honestly it can't remember. Um, but I don't know. Hmm. So like when I was tooling around with it again, I didn't turn the music on at all. So the oh, first I- time I played, like for the most my most recent like attempt through the game, I didn't do that. If you, yeah, if like, you go I to record remember. player, it like is I think it's just a toggle for background music on off. I thought it was just for inside the cabin, but I could be wrong. It's been a, it's been a minute. Um, either way, like event, we'll just say it. eventually the music changes and it gets yeah. like slower. Like it's like, it, like not like the record's skipping, but it, it, is that the record's playing at like half speed, half speed, and then eventually it kind of decays into this like discordant melody yeah. that's yes. still kind of what it used to yeah. be. Yeah, and I don't think that happens yet. I think that no. might happen the last day. I don't know. Either way, you get either way. Um, so we're fishing again, uh, but this time, if you kind of pan to the left, there's a shadowy human-like figure in the forest that will scurry away. And again, there's the scurry noise. You see something very blurry, kind of off in the distance, but you know something was there and moving. And for like, when we love horror movies. One of my favorite things in horror movies is when you, you know, you classic, like you look up and you look away and you look back and something's there. 
I especially like it when there's no jump scare music played at all. So I was waiting for this exact thing to happen. Once I saw like how you could pan and your field of view was limited, I was like, they have to use this somehow. And they did. And I'm thrilled about it. <laughs> and every it. every time I fished on subsequent days, I was nervously panning back and forth to see yeah. if there was something I was missing. So yes. it like it, it drew me like this tiny little mechanic kind of, again, pun intended, hooked me. Um, and had me on the edge of my seat during the fishing sections, uh, yes. which is impressive. And this is used one more time to an even better effect um, later yeah. on in this day. Yeah. So keep fishing and eventually you'll catch a key, a key by itself, just kind of hanging out there. Yep. Um, and what do we know has three locks on it? Hmm. <laughs> So you head home and there are now even more crows um, and they kind of squawk and fly away when you walk past their tree. Also, we should note that the trees um, are creepy trees. They are uh, creepy trees. They're creepy trees. They're kind of dead trees with no leaves, which again, on day one kind of clues you in that like, hmm, there's what's going on here. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, are they fishing like on the edge of autumn and winter? Like wh what's going on? Yeah. Like, is that why there's no leaves? So uh, inside, you investigate the cellar door, and of course, because this is a small game and you just found a key, the key fits one of the three padlocks. You'll hear more floor creaks, but again, whether those are floor creaks or something in the basement is yeah. kind of up to you, really. And I think this is when when you come back into the house is when the music changes different. It's, it's uh, yeah. a little bit different. Probably. I, I, I might be wrong. I had a note on it, but I could I might have messed up the timing. Um, so with nothing else to do, you head to bed. However, in the middle of the night, your friend wakes you up to do some night fishing, uh, which is interesting, um, but he's enthusiastic about it. Yeah. And very importantly, this is kind of the first yes, no option you get. Um, so you have the choice to say no if you want to. Did you say no? I did not say no. I said yes. I didn't either, because why would you say no? Why but I also no? thought I it didn't occur to me that this could be like an I actually didn't know going in that this was a multiple ending type game. Neither did I. And um, we I say, yeah, it we, is. We can just say now that there are branching paths based on kind of what you say yes or no to. And we'll wait to describe what happens if you say no. But what I thought would happen if you say no is a classic like, oh, come on, you don't mean that. And then you basically just have to say yes or the exactly. game won't progress. Yeah. Um, but no, it's you have the option to say no. I said yes, um, at least my first time. Same. So you go play the bait mini game again to get some worms. Um, again, hopefully you don't get like 20 of them. You head to the lake. What's different now is that there are kind of ambient nighttime lake noises. Um, and the moonlight makes the lake barely visible. So what's kind of cool is that they do a color inversion. Yes. So that now the lake is black and those ovular um, circles where fish are are white. Um, so there is uh, a lighter colored spot will occasionally be visible in the water further away and then a bit closer. Um, yep. You'll also hear some rustling and your friend will make a comment about it. Yeah. Um, so it eventually appears as you pan over, uh, which again, chef's kiss. Awesome. And, and it's like it kind of looks like like a pale, like the top half of a very pale head with eyes. But it because of the like the graphics, like you can't really tell, and that's great. Yes. Um, when you do cast towards it, it disappears and you catch nothing. Yeah. Which again, great. 
So after a bit of time, after you're done fishing, you'll hear muffled whispering, this inaudible dialogue. And as you pan over, something quickly disappears under the water. Um, your friend comments on being spooked and he wants to head back. So as you head back to the house, this also creepy touch. Yes. You find a trail of dead fish leading back to the second key, which is covered in fish guts. Um, and you didn't do this and your friend didn't do this. <laughs> um, so you talk to your friend who says it feels like they're not wanted. Here. Yeah, no shit. Now, yeah, if like you exactly. didn't do that and your friend didn't do it. This is the point where you fucking leave. Yeah, this is the point where you say, I don't need to find key number three. I'm good not know not knowing what's yeah. in the cell. The idea that somebody, like that fish have made their way onto this path, like multiple in the form of like, almost like leading you to a key. That is not something you stay for. If it was maybe one fish, then you could maybe talk yourself out of it. But uh, multiple fish that are clearly leading to something Get out of here, <laughs> right? Like, that's yeah. when you get in your car and you leave. Um, I will say something they don't do that I think they could have tweaked to make this a little more effective is what if uh, the friend said, hey, I'm getting creeped out. I'm going back to the cabin. And then you leave alone and there's this trail of dead fish. So then there is suspicion like, was it your friend that, or was it something else? That's a great point. They should have done that. Either that or just one fish. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, you really have nothing else to do, so uh, you go to bed, and that's day two. Yep, and so now we're on day three, and again, going in, you don't know how many days they're going to be. Right. Uh, but things are definitely escalating, that's for sure. And but, but at the same time, like, and I think you might have said this a little bit, like, it's a two-hour game, so you, maybe you're, you're not expecting a very long experience. And yes. so day three, you your friend mentions that the lake seems a little off. But he wants to do one last trip. Again, given what just happened the night before, no, <laughs> just no. But anyway, because it's a horror, it's a horror game. You're obviously going to go do it. So you exit the house. There are more crows, and now like the fish that were on the ground before are just bones. Um, you think like, oh, the crows are just eating the fish. So you get the bait mini game again, except this time, as you're digging, you hit something and you dig up a little more. And you find what is very clearly uh, like a human skeleton. <laughs> like curled up. Curled up. Uh, and your friend is like, oh, that's just an animal skeleton. No. No, no. Absolutely no. not. Um, also creepy meta explanation of why there are so many worms in this spot. Yeah. And also, why would you keep fishing after this? I don't know. <laughs> but you do. You head to the lake. Uh, you first catch another shoe. The second, uh, the second time you catch a shoe, and then there's a key attached to the laces. This is the third key. We also, also should have mentioned, you do not have to pick up the second key in day two at the end of the yeah, night. Yeah, it, it's possible to not. And that will lead to another ending, which is the lamest ending. And your friend is spooked big time. He's like, that shoe, no, it can't be. So, you know, if you've been paying attention, uh, the shoe looks maybe like a younger person's shoe. Like a sneaker. Like a sneaker. Um, and you know he had a cousin. So we'll just say that. So you head home. A lot more creaking noises this time. You use the last key to open the cellar door and enter the cellar. Again, you don't have to do that. You can leave and the game will end. That is one ending. We'll we'll, we'll touch on it very briefly again. But why would you want to do but that? But why would you do that? Yeah. You, you can't die in real life. No. So who cares of what happens in this game? Yeah. So... You go to the cellar. There's no music. It's a very like unf unfinished basement. 
um, you know, pretty like linear, just a linear path straight to this room with various things. Uh, there's a dirty bed. When you interact with it, it says it looks like it has that it's been used recently. There are the remaining pages from the rest of the Inuit mythos from upstairs. And here is what it says. It says the axe connects with her fingers, chopping them off with no way to hold on. Sedna floats down into the dark. It is said as her fingers sank, they brought forth life. Her fingers began to transform, growing and contorting. They formed into creatures that are here to this day. Now, fishers pay tribute to the sunken goddess in hopes of a bountiful hunt granted by Sedna. So that might be, explain the ecosystem. Yeah. Yep. I think that's it right there. <laughs> and like, and also just the fact that if there is if Sedna is here, um, then maybe Sedna just can bring forth whatever whatever she creatures. whatever she wants. Yeah. She's like a useful Aquaman. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a tunnel. Um, we'll talk about. Uh, well, I guess it's kind of more stated what it is. Um, but we'll, I guess let's let's wait on that in a moment because there's an ending that involves the tunnel. There are these bottles with paper in them. A um, giant pile of a bottles. giant pile of them. I thought they were empty wine bottles, and that the evil creature, whoever they may be, was just getting wasted down here. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is only like one you can actually read. Um, one of these papers, and here is what it says. I only caught a glimpse of you, but I saw a lifetime in that glimpse. A life in which I beg and plead to spend with you. Hear me, Sedna. I've given you everything I hold dear to myself. My wife and is no longer a hook in our mouths. My daughter is with you in the blue majestic depths. Please come back to me. Show me what you require. I will provide it for you, my goddess. I pray you heed my request. Let me be your one. Oh. So, clearly, your uncle has killed his wife which is probably the body in the um worm in the, the worm pit and drowned his daughter in Who those her shoes in, yeah yeah um <laughs> didn't mention that in the very middle of this room is this very crude statue of a woman made of mud and fish bones when you pl- investigate a creepy like drone sound plays and it zooms up on this like creepy smiling face i think it looks a little silly i agree but the music you know does does the legwork for being described as being made of mud and fish bones? The actual zoom in you get on it doesn't really look like that. Not really. It just yeah. kind of looks like a mud monster. <laughs> but yeah. like you know, you know what it looks person. like? A mud snowman. It looks like um the the mom from Luca. Have you seen Luca? I have not. Okay. Well, when you see Luca, it kind of looks like <laughs> okay. Um. So now we'll get into the endings because this is like where the endings like really kind of happen so and we, yeah so yeah. we'll just mention here that like you'll make a choice and then a scene will play out and it'll say ending e or ending c and so i got an ending and i got a letter assigned to it and i'm like oh shit okay there's more endings yeah um and you can like some endings when you go back to the start screen you can hit continue um and you can kind of replay things to get different endings um but i had to loop through the whole game to get certain endings yes same um, will not take you very long especially kind of once you know what to do not at all and so this is i think the main ending which so if you've been doing everything we were just describing like picking up all the three keys and taking your friend up on the night fishing offer this is what you're going going well and you have to make another choice you have you can't explore the tunnel yeah um and then you'll get this ending 
So you take one of the bottles and you decide to leave the cabin with your friend. As, in, as, in your, as you're about to leave the cabin, he remembers that he had left the car keys by the sink. You go in to get them. And at this point, like the music is just like, uh, like it's like, I forgot exactly what it sounds like, but it's not, you know, not great. Um, once you grab the keys, the uncle, your uncle, or your friend's uncle suddenly bursts through the back door. He's like naked, pale skinned, open, crooked mouth. Very corpse-like. And probably what you saw in the water before. Yeah. And, but again, like, 8-bit horror corpse-like. Yeah. And he will run at you, and you have to run to the front, to, like, to the cabin, front door, and exit to get away. If you do that successfully, the narration says that you told the police about what happened. You showed them, you know, the, the note that your the uncle wrote in the bottle as evidence. The police search the cabin and find no evidence and no trace of uncle. And they comb the lake floor and they find nothing but like tons of fish. And maybe a great white shark. Yeah. yeah. Interesting that um, they would be smart enough to just pack up and go. Yeah, I uh, this was the second ending I got. Um, and I think this is supposed to be this is like the you escape ending. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually find it all that satisfying. I didn't either. It is not the one I got first. Um I the, the, there is definitely one that is the best and I'm sure you will agree on it. Yeah. And okay, so the second ending is you don't like what I said about not picking up the keys and using them to enter the cellar. You can just leave the cabin at the end of the trip and it is mentioned that the unanswered questions of what like could have been going on haunt you. Got to say, don't think it would really haunt me that much. I think <laughs> I I'd mean, get over it. Yeah. Uh, but you get a letter from your friend who says he never wants to go back there. But then you decide you want to go back there and that you do go back and it's never revealed what actually happens. That's pretty yeah. unsatisfying. I, I kind of like it, though. It, it's Lovecraftian in that, like, the lack of knowledge about what's going on kind of drives your player character mad. Do you want to talk about the rest of the endings, including the next one, which I think is the best ending? I, I agree. Um, so if you decline the night fishing offer... Uh, which again, like, why would you? And why would video you? Game. But you can. Uh, the next day, your typically energetic friend will still be in his bedroom and says he's feeling under the weather. So you go fishing without him. You get back and he tells you to go to the car without him. He ex- exits the cabin, seeming struggling to walk. You drive in silence the whole way home and you have to guide your friend a bit, which is weird because he knows where to go and where the cabin is. You get home and exit the car to say goodbye to your friend, but he just stares and drives away. The the ending is that you comment that his eyes look like the eyes of a dead fish. And then we get this great POV with the like twitching open fish eye before yeah. it fades to black. Definitely the best ending. Very creepy, right? Very, now, yeah. did you interpret that as to be like literal fish eyes or his eyes were like a fish? I think i prefer the literal fish eyes i also like the. Literal. i like the idea that he went night fishing on his own without you and the uncle got him and like plucked out his eyes and or like something. sedna plucked out his eyes or something and like put new eyes in yeah yeah and i, I like that it's kind of unclear um yep. exactly what happened yep um so ending d um ending d is where you do not get away from the uncle um and i got this ending first um because i thought you had to run back into the cellar for some reason mm. um and he got mm. me gotcha 
So uh, you'll wake up at the dock. Uh, and again, it's a POV shot. So it has kind of your eyes opening. You look around, you see you're on the dock. Um, a gross looking head will emerge out of the water, seemingly your uncle. Um, and it cuts to black and makes splashing noises. Yeah. Um, and then ending E. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually got ending E first. I, because... I got ending E first too. Because obviously you're going to explore. If you're doing yeah. this, like we were trying to interact with everything, of course you're going to explore the tunnel. So if you decide to enter the tunnel and explore, a shadowy figure will approach you. Also, as well, you have the chance to back out. Like, you'll go in the tunnel and it'll be like, do you want to keep going down the tunnel? Yeah. Um, and you can say yes. That should have been a clue, but it it yeah. did not It did not occur to me. But the shadowy figure, presumably your uncle, will approach you and grunt as you realize, oh, yeah, you realize it is the uncle. Um, and then again, it cuts to black. And yeah. that's ending E. Um, so again, you'll you'll probably get ending E if you kind of play the game straight through. And then again, it goes to uh, credits and then you get back at the start screen. You can hit continue and it will continue, I believe, from the day you left off on. I think so. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like we said, you can just play through the whole game again um, and kind of do these things to get different endings. And it will not take you very long. I think I would say it's worth it just to play through to get all the endings. I, I agree. And so like. It seems like the uncle was like trying to be able to get to and from the lake easily, Using like underground. Like he was almost trying to like reach Sedna somehow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll say favorite endings. Um, ending C, definitely. Yeah, it's my favorite. I do like ending B because again, I like that you know unaddressed madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was that was fishing adventure, fishing, fishing game, or whatever the fishing hell vacation. Fishing vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so what works? The atmosphere, the you know the eight bit horror as we mentioned, the whole like music, sound design, um, the the way it works as a slow burn. Yeah, um, I'll I'll say I like the POV shots. Yeah, um, I think those work. That's cool. That's something that you maybe wouldn't find if this game were native to the Game Boy, um, but definitely appreciate it mm-hmm. uh, as like a modern Game Boy creation. What doesn't work? Too many worms. Too many. Too many fucking worms. <laughs> too many. So much fishing. Yeah. yeah. The the reeling mechanics, as I mentioned, um, I, as I, I kind of mentioned, I think I could have used like another day. Yeah. Yeah. Another day or two. Yeah. But again, like we talked about, for a buck ninety nine, if this is all we get, you know, I'm I'm satisfied. How do you feel about the mythology? Would you have preferred less information, or is the right amount? I or think you it's want the more? right amount. No, I think it's the right amount. Yeah, I think, um, so. I think you get just enough about Sedna. Also, too, like I did uh, when I played through the first time, you can miss uh, bits of the lore. Yeah. So I didn't get all of the lore the first time. Okay. I only got bits and pieces of it. And I almost think that made it even more effective. Ah, gotcha. Okay. But I like that it's all there if you are um, eagle eyed and you, you find them all or you're following a guide. Definitely um movie time yeah. i think this would work actually kind of well as like a short horror film yeah sure. like a like a max like 70 80 minute but probably even shorter yeah i you could even do like a shorter like i think you could yeah, pull 30 45 30. minutes yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely um who do we want as the main character and as the friend i so i have dan, as the uncle dan stevens is the main character um he's just i mean you don't really need you kind of need someone playing who can react to stuff um I don't know. I liked him as as a main character. It, this is like the least interesting casting choice, I think. Okay, who do you want the friend to be? I have Jake Johnson. 
okay comedic I, actor comedic, jake jake johnson yeah, a more comedic take than i would have picked yeah i i don't i think it was just because i, I feel like he can play dramatic but also he's like funny and so he i think i don't know i could see him playing like the thing is you could argue that and the reason i picked him is because brandon and i are rewatching new girl um and it made me actually wonder whether or not it would be even more effective to have like a very like almost like uh, TV sitcom comedy actor in this role, like super out of place, like 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 Max Greenfield, who plays Schmidt in New Girl, like if he could pop probably do this, too. Um, in some ways, I'd almost rather have him because there's like yeah. a weird edge to him in the, that there isn't really to Jake Johnson. I guess so. Yeah, this was this was actually kind of tough to cast, but obviously I think Ari Ari Aster should direct. Yes. Um, <laughs> did you did you cast anyone for the uncle? <laughs> uh, so um, let me. I, I'm gonna get into that with like fan fiction a little bit too. Like I have two casting options. I'll just I'll save one for my fan fiction. And I'll I'll tell you the other right now. The other right now is Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> oh, classic Ben Mendelsohn. Um, what about okay. you? I had uh for the uncle coming you know coming hot off the lighthouse, Willem Dafoe. Oh oh, you're right. That's really the right answer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then because you know you could have flashbacks with the uncle you know when he and the friend were younger and you could do that as part of the film and it could yeah. be normal Willem Dafoe and then yada 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 mm-hmm. um, for the player character I needed a just a generic every boy so I went with my old standby Tom <laughs> Holland <laughs> I should have seen this coming <laughs> yes um, and then for the friend i had Moonface from um breaking bad what's that guy's name the Moonface guy um i can't remember but you know who i'm talking about right yeah I... the kid on the bike yeah uh jesse plemons yeah jesse plemons spoiler alert for breaking, spoiler for bad. breaking bad at some point jesse plemons kills a boy on a bike i think jesse plemons would he was he's more sinister than he is funny but actually i could see that i could see that working i right. I, would, I think that works really well um, um so I mean, it's like i should have known that you would have picked either freddie highmore or tom holland <laughs> you know freddie highmore is a little too young tom holland works are they about the same age yeah, but Freddie Highmore seems younger, whereas like Tom Holland and Moonface look like contemporaries, <laughs> whereas Freddie Highmore and Moonface look like older, younger brother. Moonface. I'm just gonna keep calling him Moonface. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, um, and of course Ari Aster directs because I mean I and like and uh and Robert Eggers could do it too. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Robert Eggers. Yeah, that would be very minimalistic. I like it though. Yeah, yeah um fishing vacation uh fan fiction did you find any well first would you want to live in the world of this game um fuck no absolutely not no, because there's Lovecraftian goddesses about and i don't i don't, I don't want to have anything to do with that yeah. yeah uh i didn't find any fan fiction no i didn't either um i looked i found various fish related fishing game fan fiction but not for this oh odd interesting i think it warrants a little bit of fan fiction but if there was a wealth of it it'd be really annoying 
I would like, here's my fan fiction. I would like fan fiction of either the, from the daughter or the wife's point of view mm -hmm. where like either one has gone missing. So if it follows the daughter, the wife has gone missing or if it follows the daughter or I'm sorry, if it follows the wife, the daughter has gone missing and kind of peeling back the layers of the husband's madness. Okay. And yeah. then at the end, that one gets, you know. Asked. I went I went the same way and I said the uncle going mad where he's played by Nicolas Cage. Ooh. I, that okay, would be a little like too, too silly. And it was just because I was thinking of the color out of space. Which, God, if there's a movie we need to cover. We probably should. I mean, it's yeah. it's almost spoopy season. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my fan fiction. Yeah. I, um, I went with the same thing, basically. And, um, yeah, that was that was Fishing Vacation. That was Fishing Vacation. Um, I'm going to say this was a little slice of heaven. I, I um, agree. For like an hour long two night or one ninety nine game, I was very very pleasantly surprised. I would argue this is the like best quality game to price ratio I've played in quite a while. Yeah, you're you're being like the opposite of a Grinch about this. I really am. I'm being yeah. very ungrinch like. So I also speaking speaking of the Grinch, I want to make a formal apology. You and I made a very big mistake yesterday, or not yesterday, our last episode. Do tell. Um, we both said, made a joke about not touching a particular game with a 33 and a half foot pole. Right. The lyric is 39 and a half foot. Pole, and I'm so upset at us for getting that wrong. Yeah. I, I made the same mistake. We, we both did it. We're both to blame. 39. I just like to apologize to everyone. You um, Grinch heads. You, you Grinch heads. Um, you know, we're, we're really sorry. You know, we've we, insulted. We're, we're not perfect. But just need to we, admit when we're wrong. We've insulted both Grinch heads and fish heads in this episode. We really have. Two kinds of fish heads, the band and the, the <laughs> fishing game. Jeez. Can you imagine yeah. this game with fish, P-H-I-S-H? -P -P <laughs> no. No. What on earth would that be like? I don't know. I don't know. But it, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what have you been doing lately? Uh, well, um, I've been watching uh, several episodes of a show. Should we reveal what we're doing next? Because I can reveal what I've been watching. Sure. Uh, I've been watching. Well, we won't say what arc, but we will be doing an arc of the One Piece anime uh, coming up. And I have been very excitedly watching episodes of that and taking notes on them um, because it is my favorite arc. So we'll leave you in suspense as to what that may be. And that's so it's still your favorite arc, even after all these all this time. Yeah, it's still my favorite arc. Okay. Uh, this character was my favorite character until a certain time point. Um, but <laughs> love this character. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then besides that, I've been playing the Pokemon DLC. Of um, course. As of like 10 minutes before this recording, I finished my DLC Pokedex. Oh, congratulations. I'm very proud of myself for that. Um, and what else have I been up to? Um, watching more One Piece live action as well. Um, we're on the final two episodes. Let me know. We'll, we'll talk about it um, next week, I'm sure. Yeah, loving point. it so far. Um, loving the kind of the plot changes they've had to make. I think for the most part, they work under the confines of like doing this in live action. And it hour. does feel rushed. And I'm not just saying that because the sh it's sharp, such a sharp contrast to the show and how slow it is. But it's still, it's very obvious, like, they're trying to cram a lot in. Yeah, but they, I think they eventually... Mostly do a good job, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just been playing Overwatch again. Um, there's new, like, seasonal events, so uh, dipping into that. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. How about you? Um, I have been playing a little bit more Diablo 2. I am on, like, Nightmare 
I'm trying to make my way through with a couple friends. I think I'm going to probably stop soon after I finish Nightmare. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of Hell just to see what it's like. You're just going to dip your toes into Hell. Just a little bit, yeah. Uh, I have been watching the most recent season of Jujutsu Kaisen with the exception of some lower quality visuals um, because they changed, I think, animation studios or at least like changed directors. Um, It's been quite entertaining and I'm very excited to see where this story goes. It seems like it's going to get very dark very quickly. I, like um, I finished Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, the entire fan community is correct that the last two episodes are a major letdown. I went in with a very open mind, very open heart, and was still very disappointed. Um, oh. Fortunately, the movie End of Evangelion exists, uh, End of Evangelion, and I plan to watch that, uh, which is like a substitute ending. Um, um, also, Evangelion in general, there's like a myriad of like versions, yeah. and movies, and there's yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on. Um, I finished uh, Danganronpa, Danganronpa. Yes, um, which you recommended to me. I did recommend it. Uh, that is a solid seven out of ten. It's a very recommendable seven out of ten. I think the okay. story is like an eight or nine, and the gameplay is like a five. Um, not a huge fan of the gameplay. Um. You know, I don't I've never played um, the Ace Attorney series, but one thing I find very annoying um, in in terms of like aside from other gameplay loops that I find a little bit frustrating, even when they're accompanied by good story is convinced you have to convince people of really obvious things that narratively they should already have been convinced by. And I hate spending time on gameplay portions where you're trying to use interact with the game to, to as a way to convince your peers, what is going on? Um, See, they could have skipped some of that shit. That's interesting because Ace Attorney usually does the exact opposite. Ace oh, Attorney good. would give you a pile of like disparate, seemingly random clues and things. And you have to suss out how any logical murder could have taken place based on these like wacky situations. Okay. Well, so it's, I, I like, probably will play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely play them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Um, we would do our normal sign off, but because of a cease and desist letter from a certain actor who shall remain, <laughs> remain nameless, Schmen Bendelson, <laughs> um, we'll just say that um, a certain character from Star Wars Rogue One named uh, Krennic can burn in hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.